0: This is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential.
1: One of the biggest surprises for me, Shirley, is before you were offered The Partridge Family, you were also offered the role of Carol Brady on The Brady Bunch.
0: That's right, yes,
1: I was. I've never read that anywhere else before.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I was. You know, first of all, the agents and managers said to me, Shirley, don't do a television series because if it is successful, you'll be that character for the rest of your life and your movie career will be in the toilet. Mm -hmm. And of course, they were right about that. But I didn't want to do, you know, a regular series where I was, the, you know, the the married lady taking the roast out of the oven. Mm -hmm. I mean, that had been done for me over and over again. But then when Partridge came to be, you know, I thought, wait a minute, the first working mother on television, and I, we had a band, and, you know, we all worked together, and so that was a whole different cup of tea for me. And then I thought, you know, no matter what, this will give me a chance to stay home and raise my kids, and they were school age, all school age then. Mm-hmm. And I'd taken them all over the world, you know, on movie locations with a nanny and that kind of thing. And even, even though the agent said don't do a series, I thought, this is the series I'm going to do if I'm going to do one.
1: Yeah, it was a. Oh, yeah. It was that's exactly what happened, and it was a great vehicle for you because you you not only acted but you it, it showcased your voice.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and uh, and it was fun, and everybody in it was so good, and of course, David gave David a career, as you know, and Ab-
1: absolutely he's in career. But that, and again, yeah. this is another. This speaks to another difference between you and Jack. And again, this is not meant to trash Jack. This is just to show, you know, this this is is how Jack was wired. You were happy that David blossomed as a star. Oh, yeah. Jack was jealous. I know, exactly.
0: Yeah, he was. He didn't say those words. He said, why do you want to be in show business? You know, go to college, you know, that kind of thing. But when he became a giant success, you know, it was even worse for Jack. I mean, he... He, he couldn't believe it. He said, "He said, oh, you you know, that'll last a couple of years and then you'll be on the streets, you know, is that kind of thing. And and also he said, go to Broadway, don't do this kind of thing, you know. But Jack had a problem that way. And, he, you know, even with me, I mean, one of the reasons I, I, I wanted to help him and be any, everything and anything he wanted was because I was the breadwinner. I was the movie star, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he wanted that more than anything in life.
1: Yeah, which is, but and, and, and again, it's, it is it is a tragic character flaw that uh, we see not only in people in the entertainment industry we and right. in, we see in just about every walk of life and yeah you're right absolutely and mm-hmm. it, it it has destroyed it has destroyed many a marriages no matter what you do for a living
0: oh sure yeah there's no doubt about it yeah and I as I said I you know if Jack was still alive I don't know whether I would have married again because he you know he was the man I adored but being who I was and, and and as I said, unfortunately his career was just beginning to rise when yeah. he did pass away, so that was the sad part too. Wail song soft and low Sing me a story as gently you go.
1: Wail I know that one of your favorite Episodes of Partridge was the one where you did the whale song. Oh, I love
0: that song so much. Well, you know, in all the four and a half years of doing the show, Ed, I only had two solos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> two solos. Yeah. But, but my, my favorite is the one with the skunk and the tomato juice and I understand... Mine too. Isn't that funny? Everybody asks me about it. my favorite episode was and that's the one i i talk about well yeah because it hit closer to home than you realize i mean it's i know i know it was such fun that one yeah you know we had a lot
0: of interesting people work on the partridge family too and got their career going on the partridge family which is interesting
1: rob reiner farrah fawcett Stu margolin uh lou gossett richard Pryor. you know a lot 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 of people and and um and, of course, Susan Day became a big star a few years later with L.A. Law. and then Exactly right, yeah. So, let's see. You you talk about a lot of your leading men in the book. There are two actors that you don't mention that I want to ask you about. One is Dabney Coleman, who you did that... Uh, you- oh, I love Dabney, yeah, yeah, right. ...who you worked on on Slap Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand... Um, I, I, this goes back to making you laugh. I, I understand that uh, he made you laugh when he first welcomed you onto the, onto the set.
0: Absolutely did. That's exactly right. I forgot now what he said, but it was hysterical. I was you know, I was a little nervous about working with him because yeah. I didn't know him. I would never met him, and it was a little later in my career. So I, okay. <laughs> I walked on the set.
1: He was hysterical. Okay, well, I'll, you I'll, know, it's, I'll, I'll prompt you on the story. Um, please. What I read was he sent you... J- Dabney had kind of a had, had a very sly sense of humor. I know, yeah. And he gave you a big bouquet of roses and a note saying, "Don't screw up."
0: <laughs> that's right. I knew it was it's exactly that. I wasn't sure that he said it to you when I walked in the yeah. office, or you know.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It and- was so great. Yeah, and, and it made me feel so comfortable. <laughs> and and that was that was a good role for you because and again this goes back to elegant. I mean, this goes back to perception. We think we tend to think of you, and, Lulu Baines, notwithstanding. We tend to think of you as elegant roles, and you played a very you know uh, down to earth. Woman who dressed in Sears and Ro, Ro, Roebuck right? Uh, and it was it was it was just
0: it was like, those are the roles that I wanted to play. And, yeah, and you know I had a hard time getting them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I had as I said, had had gantry not happened, I wouldn't have had the career I've had today. Yeah, because everybody thought of me as a singer, and a singer they you know they don't think of you as an actress. Yeah, so I had to find roles and look for roles that had that were edgy, that were different, you know, from prostitutes to you know whatever. And I'm so glad I did, you know, uh, because
1: it gave me a career in acting. We're, we're mentioning before the perception uh, if you did if you did television, you, it would kill your movie career, and that kind of speaks to once upon a time you either did film or you did television, and you didn't do both. But I understand an early television role brought you to the attention of Burt Lancaster, and eventually Montgomery. That's exactly Andrew. right.
0: Yes. It was a Playhouse 90, if you remember the show, it was live television. Mm-hmm. And I did a thing called The Big Slide with Red Skelton. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful hour and a half show. And I played an alcoholic sunshine girl in the Max Senate era who commits commit suicide. So <laughs> that got me the rolling gantry.
1: <laughs> yeah, because well, because you know, it, look, film actors may not have, you know, quote unquote thought much of television, but they watch right. But but they watch television because you're always looking for, you know, new talent and That's right. And and, and, and of course I understand that uh Bert Lancaster was one of your idols when you were a young girl.
0: Oh gosh. I had his picture all over my bedroom wall <laughs> when I saw him in the killers. Remember I think it was his first film. Yes. Yes, the killers. Yeah, yeah, and all oh, fell in love. Right, everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's look. Like, there, there's, there are so many storybook elements. You know, I mean, it's, it's like it would never into your life. It's like, never in a million years would it happen, and yet it, it, it goes to show that sometimes, you know, storybook, you know, storybook things do happen in real life.
0: That's exactly right. Absolutely. I mean, amazing, you know, and Gordon McRae, there was a a Saturday morning uh, radio show called the Teen Timers Club, Mm -hmm. and Gordon was the singer on the Teen Timers Club every Saturday morning, and he hosted it, and I never missed it when I I was about 16, and every Saturday morning I would listen to him sing and say, oh, there's no singer like him in the world. Wouldn't you know? I got to sing with him.
1: <laughs> well, when I was a young man, I never—I mean, I like like many young men, I had a major crush on you, and I never thought in a million years I'd have an opportunity to talk to you. But it goes to show that dreams come true, even for people. Oh, like you. that's lovely! <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's okay, very
0: sweet.
1: Forty-five years of the Rockford Files, revised. Third edition, the complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than twenty new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. Forty five years of the Rockford Files. Available now at rockford45.com, Rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk